So today we're going to be discussing We Are the Media Men. I am Dan. This is Jeremy. Yeah. And today we're going to talk about Darling in the Franks, which is a stupid name for an anime, but oh, we'll get into that if it's good or not. And Ghostbusters Afterlife. Now, we did Ghostbusters 1 on this uh, on this podcast, but we've not done 2 or that 1 from 2016. Did you Did you see that one? 2016 Ghostbusters? No, I heard it wasn't funny, so I didn't. And I wasn't. <laughs> yeah. We weren't. I wasn't doing it for a podcast, so no. Right. Couple yeah, I, like, I was no. really surprised at how good it was. Like it had like some actual characters in it, which is not something we've been seeing in movies lately. You know, characters. Right. <laughs> Remember? Remember characters, Dan? Remember? Yes. <laughs> and I, I don't want to spend a lot of time in this, you know, gender thing or whatever, but. People, whenever there's an, an issue with a main character being a female and people not liking the movie, they call it sexist and all that stuff. The but they never is, applaud when we enjoy a movie. Yes, the main character in this like, is a female, but I she's mean, yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, I mean it's it's a good it's a good female character. I mean she's she's twelve, but she's still like, and uh, also she's got like the differently able thing going on because like she's autistic or something i don't know yeah she's just really odd because she's super into science and nobody around her really can relate to her so she quickly uh we'll just get into it now spoilers ahead for ghostbusters afterlife 2021 so she uh the only person she can really connect with is the science teacher of the new town they moved to so well She's the only well in the movie. She's the only person she's ever talked to that <laughs> didn't just deflect to how bad her grandfather is. Yeah, like that's fair. Her, like, like her brother is obviously just having a bad time because she grew up with that mother who, hey, mom, where are the eggs? Your grandfather left. <laughs> like, I mean, I get it. I do. But yeah. also, you, you might be a worse parent than leaving. <laughs> Right. I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure I've seen like movies where they're, they're in an orphanage having a better time than this. I mean, what childhood would you rather have? The one they had or like the one from Black Clover? <laughs> right. I would rather have a bunch of other kids and a priest around. You know, a, a fictional priest, not like a real Catholic priest. True, because you'd be priest. getting diddled. <laughs> Too soon? Yeah. Um, yeah, so my point was yeah. the characters that they just slam into these movies the female characters and i almost think they kind of do it on purpose just to cause more dissension right just make shitty characters and then get people to not like the movies so that they can call them names but this character she's interesting she's actually quite charming when you get to know her she's not i only found her to be a little annoying sometimes when she was kind of being like super it was very rare but she has a story arc. You can really relate to her. You know, there there's a lot of layers to this character. And she yeah. kind of she kind of looks like she'd be the granddaughter of Harold Ramis, doesn't she? <laughs> um I don't know why I I don't know who Harold Ramis is. <laughs> oh, uh Egon from from the first Ghostbusters, the one that the whole movie's built on. Okay, there. that's actually true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I mean, I think they do that with like they do that on purpose with the hair and the glasses, though. Yeah, like, yeah. If you look like she at holds the up actress, his glasses and like near the, near the middle of the movie, and like they're her glasses. 
<laughs> just size for an adult. Yep. If you look at the actress, she looks nothing like that. <laughs> it's really weird. Hollywood, so, man. I, How do they do it? They use like mirrors and shit. I, I like the I like the kids' characters. I liked uh, was, is that Paul Rudd playing the playing the uh, science teacher? Yes. Okay. I didn't know if I was just categorized if I had an entire category of actors I called Paul Rudd or if that was Paul Rudd. But yeah, yeah. I, I thought I thought he did really good. I thought he did a really good job in that one. And uh, when I was watching the movie, I really enjoyed the fact like there was a teacher interact interacting with a kid, and like it didn't get weird. I was like, you know, like my PTSD from you know, watching the news has me thinking this is going to go the wrong way, but this is a Ghostbusters <laughs> movie. It's going to be wholesome. Yeah. You know, he isn't Catholic at all. Right. <laughs> so to set that up, the uh, Egon, who's one of the original four Ghostbusters, dies in the opening scene. He's living by himself in this. I mean, it kind of looks abandoned, but he's living by himself in this farmhouse in the middle of uh, a small town in Oklahoma. He dies in the opening scene, and his daughter and two kids, she's a single mom, have to move. Uh, they get evicted from their apartment, and they have to move to this house. So that's that's the setup for the entire movie. They show up. He dies. They're evicted. Now they're in the house. I thought the him dying part was really lengthy because I didn't know which Ghostbuster it was. Um, I was like, why is he there? I, I, I thought it was a bit They could have just had him sitting in the chair waiting with a gun and then the and then the ghost shows up they could have saved like nine minutes yeah had the exact same setup the only thing they established was that he had boots and he wore them for at least a while yeah like i don't know if someone had a work boot fetish when they were making this or what but like (laughs) (laughs) i'm like what am i watching oh the other thing the opening scene sets up is the little device that he has detects if there's a ghost or not isn't that from the first movie though Yes, which I think they do that just in case, you know, you've never seen the first one. You're just going to take your kids to this, I guess. Which They could have just had, I mean, they could have just had the device detect another ghost in 20 seconds instead of spending several minutes on it. What they did was they had a, what felt like a 45 minute um, watching of the boots for nostalgia (laughs) purposes. Also, Um, like the side of his head a bit, I think. (laughs) But most of the chair and boots. Did you know that this movie was set in present day? Took me a while until until I noticed, like, when they had the kid show up named Podcast, I caught that it was present day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't live in a small town. I don't live in, like, a giant city or anything. But, you know, a pretty average-sized city. And they had a lot of things that looked like it was from, you know, 1994. Especially one of the cars I noticed was a Pontiac Sunfire, which <laughs> my older brother had when I was in middle school. So do the math on that. You can figure out what my age is. Um, yeah. Wait, so they had a so you spotted a 1994 car in the movie. Oh, it, oh, no, it was it's like a 2002 or whatever Pontiac oh, okay. Sunfire. But like initially the way it looked, I'm like this. This movie's not present day. Maybe it'll fast forward at some point, but. If you if you've never seen a teal Pontiac Sunfire, you're missing out. Egon's daughter hates her, the mother of the two two main kids, mm-hmm. for abandoning her. Yep. Uh, reasonable. Reasonable. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Until we find out why. I mean, she still has the right to whatever. Okay. I feel like Go we on. still didn't find out why. Like that house is pretty big. He could have like had her come in the summer or something. Yeah, maybe just like, afraid of her dying from the ghosts like he did. I don't know. The town wasn't full of ghosts. <laughs> yeah. 
the first ghost showed up like after he died. Oh, the only other as, thing as far I can... as, the dude had like 75,000 ghost traps. Yeah. Just laying around. If he was catching ghosts left and right, he would have run out of traps. Yep. Um, Phoebe, the main daughter there, she spends the most of the movie like un- uncovering things like there's a little slide puzzle in the floor of the house, like about um, Egon's past. And Trevor's trying to get laid and finds and fixes the Ghostbusters car. Did I miss anything? Um, yeah, there's an old style diner that has a lot of people in it for some reason. Like this is a nowhere town. The diners are not that stacked. <laughs> yeah. You ever live in a town like this size or? Um, I lived in a much, I lived outside of a much smaller town, but like, I've never been like part of a community of that size. If that makes sense. Sure. Like I drove past a town this size where like, you know, shootings and cokeheads happened yeah. and then went to a much into a place that's almost big enough to be called a city. <laughs> <laughs> and that's where I had like friends and a life, just, yeah. you know, 45 minutes from home, just stacking tons and tons of miles on a 1995 Nissan. <laughs> <laughs> and that does not tell you how old I am because that thing was a beater. Yeah. Oh, yeah. but um, I, I wanted to know about like when the when he sh- when he went in there to hit on the girl that turned out to be much older than him, like the like the guys in the back of the kitchen just start roasting him from day one. That's a little yep. aggressive, isn't it? Like you need to like learn someone's name, like and what like what their favorite band is where you can really roast them. <laughs> yeah. By the way, is that kid really 15? Because he is seeing him in Stranger Things. He's a mm-hmm. giant now. Fucking hell, the kid from uh, Finn Wolfhard. I did a... not recognize he was a kid from Stranger Things. Holy shit. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. Kids. Uh, 2002. Fast. Oh, he's 19. Okay. But still, he, he shot up there. He was he was normal child size, what, four years ago? and just. Okay, so really off topic. Would you like him as Peter Parker? Uh, yeah. Like, give like him, him a different haircut, this... diet brown. I feel like he could do Peter Parker. Yeah, I'd like him better than this dipshit they have now. I mean, Tom Holland's great, or whatever people say. No, I, I just I don't like Tom Holland. He he's always gonna be a twelve year old to me. <laughs> but Peter Parker's supposed to be a kid. Uh, I I whenever I watched Spider Man, I'm like, why is this forty five year old at school? Yeah, shouldn't the police be here by now? All of the movies show him as a high school student, but almost every other iteration of spider-man he's like an adult like 25 to 30 years old i mean i'm sure they'll have bruce willis play him any day now then yeah it's so good if they ever decide to stop rebooting it and playing a different actor and they do adult spider-man it's so much better i mean maybe i'm saying that now because i'm an adult but Mm -hmm. whatever yeah i mean just you know after the fourth time they've had a teenager play spider-man maybe we can just try doing episode two of the comic books just you know just for funsies <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah because when you start getting into like uh i won't go too far off topic but you start getting to like craven the hunter and things like that Mm-mm-mm. it's gonna be good oh yeah, uh so... the uh ps4 spider-man game he's an adult that's like the uh, best version that was he's like a college student in the in the ps4 game right because he's like he's doing his um, like he's like he had to go to school no, you're like Dr. Octopus's apprentice. 
Yeah. For Otto Octavius's apprentice, but you're you're graduated and everything. So anyway, back to this um, movie, which we usually don't go off topic about movies this bad when we like the movie. Yeah, true, true, true. But um, yeah. So they had that cafe, which made me think this was the seventies, because like they're on rollerblades and shit, and like OSHA won't allow that in twenty twenty one. Do they do that at Sonic? Uh, we don't have any Sonics here, but the last time I went to a Sonic has been a good minute. But like the all the car spots were empty. It was just drive through. Oh, wow. But like, okay. you know, that was at like 2 a.m. because that's when you go to Sonic. Sure. Like, yeah, let's go to dinner at Sonic. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to drive past the Applebee's to get the Applebee's food in a car. Absolutely. Yeah, it's good hung- hangover food. Um, well, those cheese dogs aren't as good as they used to be. <laughs> Anywho. The, so, um, go ahead. The, so, like, you know, they really, they established the kids really well. They, they established the, uh, the teacher really well. They kind of, um, I think they do a pretty good job of connecting the first movie to this one. And uh, they seem to skip the other movie for some reason. Uh, no, no idea why. <laughs> oh, it, they, they must have, know? they did such a good job just stopping the ghost that everyone forgot about it. <laughs> <laughs> and, but like the, uh, the only character I feel like they didn't do properly was the mother. It's like they put her as a really important part at the end of the movie. Yeah. But in the beginning of the movie, her whole thing is like basically Skylar from Skylar from Breaking Bad. Like she's a distraction from the plot. It's like if you want to have someone in the movie, they need to be in the movie, not an interruption to the movie. You could have taken her out of the movie and just had like a well, I mean, it would have been weird if they just showed up by themselves like fucking Harry Potter or something. But like she could have been like one third of the screen time. Mm hmm. And just like casually mention that grandfather was missing, and that's why she doesn't talk much or whatever. Like they just have her interject in the story with, "Did you know your grandfather was missing?" <laughs> it's like she she she's playing chess. He's like you know finding a demon in the mountain, and she like she leans around the door. Hey hey, before you go on your adventure, just remember that your grandfather left me. Yeah, and I mean I get it like. I mean, you know, by my age, all my friends had their dad leave. Um, Yeah. There's there's a point she's on a date. The mother's on a date with Paul Rudd and she's going, oh, I really wish uh, Phoebe would just get into some trouble. And then when Phoebe gets into trouble and is in the police station after this, we'll talk (laughs) about the car chase. She flips out. You think I was thinking there was going to be a moment. So you kind of have to pretend in front of the cops, you know, that you are really mad at the daughter, but I thought they were going to get in the inside the house and she'd like give her a hug or something. But she just kind of kept treating her like shit. It's like you literally just asked for this. <laughs> You're being such an asshole about it. Um, what I want to know is how did no one else see that ghost? <laughs> right. Like that thing did a flyby on like 90 people. So it, I mean, did they think a... that laser gun ate the car? Like what? <laughs> Like I thought, like the I I, I saw the uh, the cop, and I thought, oh, the cop's gonna be a really cool character in the movie. Yeah, he's gonna be like, "What did you? We've been trying to get that thing for like two weeks. Where did you get this gun at?" Like, and then like it was gonna be like a police force dealing with the giant like ghost apocalypse. That would have been really cool. They could have yeah. rallied a town like Rudy. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it's just like they just give him like. A really badass line where he just doesn't care that this death laser is being pointed at him by a 12-year-old who has no trigger control, as far as I remember. <laughs> yeah. 
and then he just out of the movie. Like what? Right. Like you don't even need that dude. You could have just had the scene in the prison and then have the mother look off screen and say, oh, yeah, yeah, I'll take them home. Keep the laser gun though. That this that whole thing could have been like a minute and a half. The movie felt long, felt longer than it should have been because a third of it should not have been. Right. And then we could have had more ghosts. Yeah, and more Paul Rudd. Yeah, the movie should have still been two hours long, but like they should have had like three or four more scenes at summer school. There should have been like two or three more scenes of um of uh the two of the Jedi twins going and finding like random shit in the mountains. Like they could have like saw the wolf again. Maybe like the wolf could have like like almost like maybe like bit off someone's arm. That could have been badass. Just like see like one of the te- one of like the jackass teenagers. Hey, you pansy! What are you scared of? Oh my arm! That would have been yeah. awesome. <laughs> they could have had like a couple deputies like getting their truck slipped over by the wolf. You know, something cool could have happened in that time. But yeah. instead, we have granddaddy issues. <laughs> yep. And I mean, I get it, but like granddaddy issues aren't hard hitting to me because that was my entire childhood. Like everyone's dad left in the 90s. Right. Force was like 80 percent. That's true. And they all had to move because like they couldn't afford an apartment anymore. (laughs) You and I resonated very well with this first part of the movie. It's like, oh, yeah, Yeah, I mean, (laughs) I mean, show of hands who didn't have like a friend whose dad couldn't quite make child support. Right. I, I mean, I, I can I can think of two people off the top of my head whose dad didn't pay child support. <laughs> I can say some things about my childhood. My, my dad was great, by the way. Just, you know, not everyone else is. Right. We all had that friend. So I was going to ask you that. Why did uh, Phoebe have to go to summer school? That's a really good question. I don't think they ever I don't think they did say. But there might have been a throwaway line about, like, trying to make friends. Or maybe she's trying to get ahead of grade, so she's taking extra cl- I don't know. I don't think it works like college, but whatever. Maybe she's Doobie Hauser. The, I mean, it's 2021. <laughs> you do the common core math, and now you're in college, I think is how it works. Right. So <laughs> she's just trying to skip high school altogether, go right to college. I mean, she knows ge- I mean, she knows geological maps at a glance. I feel like. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she the number like- of things she knows at a glance is bonkers. She'd be one of those people that's amazing at science, right? But then uh, English literature comes along and she needs a tutor. <laughs> yeah. You know what I just realized that like Ghostbusters, the original and this one, you know, most movies like the techie guy is I the techie guy is either like also an action star or is like a quirky side character that, you know, shows up with a MacGuffin and then leaves. Yeah. You know, like like the nerd in um in uh, Mission Impossible or, you know, like the guy that gives Bond his his gear or the information to go to the next place to infiltrate a party as himself. Sure. But like Ghostbusters, you know, both the original and this one, like the nerdy person discovers something and also has a big part in the movie. Yeah, that's a, That's a that's it's, it's kind of a, like taking a cliche character and making it the star of a movie. Pretty. I think it's pretty neat because, like, I don't think many other series really do that. Yeah. Or they used to not do it, maybe, would be a better way to say it. I don't think it, many of them do it as well as Ghostbusters, either. Like, if, if anyone like, else does yeah. it, you know. Obviously, you've got, like, Tony Stark. But, but like, sure. you know, <laughs> I think the exception makes the rule there. Yeah, with Tony Stark, he's he's still a playboy, though, even though he's the nerd. So Yeah. Yeah, we, we need more socially awkward heroes. 
Yeah, and <laughs> she is. Uh, there was a moment in this movie, and I'm I'm just thinking of it now. But uh, Paul Rudd is going on a date with her mom, and her and her friend podcast, who we haven't mentioned yet, is her friend the uh, the boy that she befriended at school because he stuck a microphone in her face <laughs> the first time he met her. <laughs> this kid was great. When um, when he first came on the screen, you thought that was a chick, though, didn't you? Yeah, that was a girl. <laughs> Like the framing and like, okay, so podcast, just for context, if you've seen the Batgirl movies or Batwoman TV show or whatever, that's the hair he has. Yeah. That's also the face he has. True. But like, you know, he's a nine-year-old kid, so like, what do you expect? Like, Yeah, he has black Super Saiyan Gohan hair. So, if if any. <laughs> We're all nerds, so. Uh, so anyways... The, he's got he's got black Johnny Bravo hair. Yes, yes, Johnny Bravo or uh, Guile from Street Fighter. <laughs> and he also has nine year old Johnny's um, way of introducing himself to girls. Just slide in. <laughs> hey, <laughs> you imagine doing that in like a real in like a real situation? Just like literally slide in the frame. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> this is what uh, separates the alphas from the betas. Yeah. <laughs> You gotta have the, you just gotta go in there with your microphone and your opener. This kid's weird. No, I liked him. Um, so, anyways, they're sitting there together after they find out that uh, Paul Rudd is going to go on a date with the mother. And podcast says something along the lines of, "He's trying to get with your mother, or he's trying to slide in your mother, or something weird." You know, something a twelve-year-old yeah. shouldn't be saying. But <laughs> the uh, Phoebe, she has this moment where she's like, "Oh," like when he says it to her, and he's like, "Oh, aren't you weirded out by that?" She's like, "Yes, I'm throwing up on the inside." It's <laughs> like little humor like that that she's excellent at. Just the timing and everything was great. So. Yeah, is she in anything else that we? Would have or should have seen. Like, she did a really good job. Her name is McKenna Grace. Handmaid's Tale. I, Tanya, Troop Zero. Nothing I would have ever seen. Malignant. But that's it. And then she's in a lot of, like, kitty stuff. Fuller House. Young Sheldon. Oh, yeah. McKenzie. Uh, you said uh, Grace, right? McKen- yeah. McKenna Grace. Mm-hmm. Wow, she really does look different in this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> pretty good though she she's excellent 15 years old june 25th 2006 good for you wow they really de-aged her a lot yeah (laughs) yeah you out there listening just look up her picture on imdb it's it's really different so weird but um, she was in independence day resurgence so you know no one's seen that hopefully (laughs) she's been working for a while she's she did a bunch of csi stuff apparently Oh, weird. She. Okay, so she, this got my eye. She was in a TV show called Genie in a Bikini. Oh. I don't think she's the one in the bikini, though. Okay. Shit. Almost <laughs> yeah, th- yeah, she was. She, she, she wasn't in Cuties. Oh, God. <laughs> you know, the oh, movie that okay. made me want to burn whatever version of Hollywood that came from. Yeah, oh my god, what the fuck? Like, what? What is this TV show? This is so... 
all the all the photos from it are from behind the scenes. There's nothing. For, <laughs> wow. Okay, I'm keeping this one open. Jesus Christ. Keeping the Angry Birds movie as a voice, Marvel's most wanted. This is this will probably be her breakout. I'm cur- I'm curious to see what she's in next. I have the feeling. <laughs> yeah, she was excellent in this. Um, it, with our trained movie going eyes, we can tell when someone <laughs> doesn't yeah. shit the bed on a movie. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, but the movie um, so, was overall really, really well done. Like I know I complain constantly, but that's you know, that's just my most interesting personality trait. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> but like I really enjoyed the movie. Yeah, there was a couple of things um, that I wanted to bring up. The marshmallow scene with Paul Rudd and all of the tiny little marshmallows. Mm-hmm. When when all hell starts to break loose, similar to what it does in the first Ghostbusters, and all of the marshmallows, Paul Rudd's in a Walmart. So we had Walmart, Hershey Crunch, and something else. Was uh, they had they had some shameless, uh, you know, advertising advertisements. Yeah, and all of the little marshmallows start popping out, and they're mini versions of the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man, <laughs> and they're all just the first one's kind of cute, and then they all just start freaking out, and one of them is like melting uh chocolate over the other on a s'more and <laughs> putting one in a yeah. blender and yeah it's it's pretty great uh this part obviously we said spoilers in the beginning but uh the three remaining the three living ghostbusters all show up at the end and there is a dragon ball z moment in this movie from cell games so if you picture when gohan kills cell and there's like the image of goku helping him with the kamehameha behind him Mm-hmm. Uh, that happens in this. <laughs> that is immediately what I thought of. Yeah, and, I, yeah. I kind of wonder about that. Like, I don't, I don't remember them doing that in the first movie, where like, if you really grit your teeth, the laser gun works better. <laughs> yeah. No, I just thought it was like your strength to control the gun, but the, but the, the beam was whatever the output of the the pack you were carrying had. Not really like push harder. My extensive training has helped with the beam. (laughs) Whatever. It was a very cute moment. Um, I was expecting her to go, Kaioken! (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Times! Uh, They do this really nice thing at the end where uh, they pay tribute to Harold Ramis. He died in real life. That's why he wasn't in this. So, um, the last bits I wanted to say was... More Paul Rudd, please. If you guys do a sequel to this, if it's successful enough, um, he's great. McKenna Grace is great. Uh, Finn Wolfhard was kind of benign in this, but he was still entertaining. And podcasts, he was. <laughs> How do I put it? <laughs> he was funny and like witty, but like do a little bit less, like cut him off at some point because I think the best comic relief characters. They they kind of can take things seriously on occasion, but he was all comic relief, full stop. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, he did. I mean, he did kind of get have a serious. He had he had a serious moment that was played funny on screen, where he just went wild with a taser on the little safe off marshmallow things. <laughs> and he's covered in marshmallow. After yeah, <laughs> but like he was serious, but the moment was funny though. I thought that was yeah. a pretty good moment there what really got me was he was like, you're my subscriber. I'm like, bro, how are you going to like talk to talk about me like that right there? <laughs> um, what they do really well in this movie, 
other than what we've already talked about, is they pay tribute to the to the what came before it, with the exception of Ghostbusters 2016, without overshadowing the characters in this movie. Mm-hmm. Every single character that they wanted to, because I think Finn's girlfriend was kind of just side, you know, wasn't really important. But the three other characters, Finn, McKenna, and uh, podcast, they spent a lot of time building their character. When we got the uh, original three back, it didn't really overshadow them. They they were, you know, it was kind of like a fan service moment. Yeah. But it was great because... Not it, Bill Maher in a bikini, a different kind of fan service. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't Gantz, uh, dude can see through girls' clothes fan service, but... <laughs> You know who likes fan service? Fans. Great job bringing them back. <laughs> Just saying. I, I popped hard when uh, maybe that wasn't. The <laughs> so did you enjoy like, term. so did you enjoy the opening nostalgia um scene in the movie? Like the opening one with the boots and the beeping and the chair? Not really. I mean, it was. I thought that was supposed to be for people who enjoyed the movie more than I did. Oh, uh, it didn't like really I didn't know why else it was there. Right. Because you can set up a wolf demon killing someone way quicker than that. <laughs> yeah. The thing I, I enjoyed the most was them coming back and Bill Murray still had his swagger, even though he's in his 60s or 70s or whatever. He had that swagger was hitting on the demon chick. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, they, they all look pretty similar. Bill Murray now looks like my dad for some reason. <laughs> so. I mean, that's just how that's just how time does you. Yeah, <laughs> dude's like seventy, isn't he? Yeah, he's yeah, he's probably a good ten years older than my dad, but he they just look the same now. I don't know, just old guys. <laughs> but yeah, this this movie was excellent. I'm glad I saw it while I'm typing. So I will give this movie a, a seven and a half out of ten. I had to when I rated it on IMDb, I had to give it an eight because they don't let you do halves. And I don't know what the difference between a seven and a half and and an eight is, in my opinion. But that's just what I'm going to give it. I really enjoyed it. Let's see. There are I'm going to give it like an eight and a half out of ten. I really enjoyed it. Nice. Awesome. And more Paul Rudd, please. If you do this again, more. Well, same amount of mechanic grace, more Paul Rudd. Seven point eight out of ten out of thirteen thousand ratings on IMDb. So right, right in between us. Oh, man. What, what a great job. All right. So there you have it. Ghostbusters Afterlife. Um, go out and see it. There's not a lot of uh, statistics available yet because it's still opening weekend. But as of yesterday, so 23 hours ago would have been. So opening day, $40 million. Which is pretty damn good. Yeah. Uh, we'll see what it is by the end of the weekend. Yeah, check it out. Go see it. It's it's a damn good time. So this one is called Darling in the Franks, which I kind of hesitated on because the name is really stupid. Mm-hmm. But then again, a lot of anime names are stupid. But you, but you picked it because the women spin half the series in doggy position. <laughs> I've seen yes, this. that is a thing. <laughs> so this series is um, it's a really good series. 
awesome action. I've, I've watched it before. Uh, I watched it when it was relatively new, I think. This is uh, Mecha Anime number 47, where the entire world is destroyed and it can only be saved by teenagers pot- piloting robots of dubious uh, energy <laughs> and yep. of dubious energy source and uh, material sourcing. But they do it through the power of a couple in doggy position. <laughs> yeah, it's really weird. The dude is sitting upright in a chair and the chick is down in front of him. Well, later in the series, there's one couple that's reversed. The guy's in the doggy style and the girl's holding the handles. <laughs> but yeah, finish, finish describing the setup. Yeah, it, so picture like if you're riding a motorcycle, not not a Harley, but the other style. That's no, it's, how a, it's a Harley Quinn style motorcycle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so post-apocalyptic world, uh, weird partner situation where the only way that you can... It's kind of like... Uh, a combination of Evangelion and what is that movie? There there were two movies, the Mech, uh, Pacific Rim, where you have to be in sync or whatever. Yeah. And uh, it's based, the, the two main characters, one is called Zero Two and the other is called Hero. And it's just a classic uh, mit- misfits make an unusual pair scenario, but, but it works. It's a classic anime trope. I guess it's a classic storytelling trope as well. It's a Seabiscuit scenario. <laughs> <laughs> uh zero two's partners keep dying yeah. and I, I think mm-hmm. we need to finish describing the setup though so they're inside the robot sure. and the robot transforms into a fighting style based on the personality of the two people yeah so like i think if you switch partners the the robot looks different if i'm remember, remembering correctly oh so the one do- in doggy style is what the robot's gonna look like right e- don't quote me on that it's I haven't it's been a while since I did my original watch. I've only watched episode one and two today. Sure. But um, the, the setup is that the is that the is that the uh, the one in the in the dog E or not the dog er <laughs> position in the dog E position. They've got like this big whole setup. They've got like a like a screen on the back of their head with like wires coming out of it. And then they've got like motorcycle handles coming out of their butt. <laughs> And the person who's piloting sits behind them holding the handles. <laughs> and every time they show the two of them, they show it from like in front of the doggy person. So yeah. the dude always looks like he's taking her from behind, even though there's like a significant gap in between them. But based on and, the camera angle and the doggy is the one that has to like put out the energy. So they're like, ah! yep. And they start, like quit being like the seventh episode, like one, like there's a the couple that has the aggressive uh, top. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> she's like, oh, not so rough, right? <laughs> it's ridiculous. They're like, they're definitely of legal age. Oh yeah, totally. These are seven thousand year old, fifteen year olds. <laughs> Oh um, god. So we get a little flashback of uh Hero, who's the guy's name. I'm not making that up. He failed to sync with his partner. They failed the test. They show a little flashback. He's going to leave the station because he is useless because he can't uh sync with anyone. Mm-hmm. And uh 02's partner dies, so voila. She's going to try and fly it solo after uh the partner dies. They're they're fending off this giant beast looking dragon snake leviathan thing it's imagine if a digimon was made out of a blue tadpole 
that's what it is. It's a giant tadpole Digimon. Oh, he and meets it just, her. It just fucking and it just bodies this like I mean, they're in a city, right? Yeah, like an outpost. And so this thing is like massive. Think like you know, like football stadium times three. Yep. With like little pods for trees and like apartments and and like garages for the robots and this thing just bodies the whole thing because it's just that massive. It's an awesome. Yeah. It's it's an awesome scene. Yeah, it's it's really good animation and he when he first when hero first meets zero two she is swimming naked in a lake hunting for fish question mark okay she outswims a fish oh <laughs> i forgot about my notes so he so he's wandering around the lake and semi innocently comes upon her swimming naked but first he comes upon her clothes and then he realizes someone's swimming so he picks up her panties and starts wandering into the lake Classic, classic. Hero. And I was like, I was trying to come up with an explanation for it. And the only thing I came up with is, and I wrote this down. I must return these to whence they came. <laughs> and then I, and that's that I wrote, bitch. <laughs> I wrote, bitch, put these on. <laughs> Those are my two reactions. I just picture him washing in there like, bitch, put your panties on. Yep. And I just, I just could not stop cracking up. <laughs> He doesn't innocently, but like there's no innocent explanation for like he finds a whole outfit and picks up the pink panties and starts wandering into the lake. <laughs> Classic anime. Oh, how did this happen scenario? Oh, yeah. How did this happen? I found random hot naked girl. Every anime character falls into that luck. Oh, he didn't slip on a banana peel and fall into her cleavage this time. No, he didn't. But I mean, I found to. like people's clothes on the beach. I didn't pick them and start wandering <laughs> the ocean. Hey, Nope. Oh, I thought you were supposed to. <laughs> when they pair up, she says she wants a taste of him. I am positive it's mutual. But I don't think they know what sex is, do they? I mean, they sure are pantomiming it. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's the classic, like, innuendo thing. Uh, they pair up and stop the threat that um, Zero Two and her original partner couldn't. That's how the first episode ends. Episode Two, Darling in the Franks, Season 1. And... Hero doesn't remember anything that happened. He remembers uh, pairing up with her, doesn't remember any of the battle. So I guess we'll get into that. He's being lectured because uh, she's not part of the squad. But my question is, Hero wouldn't be either because he can't pair with anyone unless he paired with her. Right? Yeah, I think what they said is like, because they, they test them in like that weird machine. They cleared him to stay, but not her to stay because of like the results of the machine test. Gotcha. That's my recollection. But like that could I could it could just be having him there for plot reasons. He has eviction plot armor. Um, there's a douchebag guy. And in my notes, I just call him dumb dildo each time I type his name because I don't know what his name is. He's just like the arrogant jerk who's like, oh, I'll pair He's, with you. He baby. is. He is Bakugo from this series. Yes, correct. Less screamy, but yes, and more horny. Uh, she's so he finds zero two in the mess hall, and she's just pouring honey on meats, needing them. She's very odd. Do we mention she has horns yet? Yeah, I mean the the show makes a big point of like, oh, everyone's scared of her horns. It's like she's literally wearing like cat girl hair, headband thing. Thing. <laughs> yeah. She's she's wearing a, a cute Halloween costume, and everyone freaks out. Yeah. I forget what series it is. It's like a series where like it's a giant plot point that this girl was mistreated because she has cat ears. 
And I'm like, <laughs> what are you talking about? Everyone be like, oh, so cute. What's this alternative world where people don't like cute things? Speaking of, there is a uh, locker room shenanigan situation with uh, half-naked girls. So classic anime. Big hey, fan of that. The one girl standing. So they're getting ready. And the suit is like painted on them or laser beamed on them. I, I didn't really <laughs> get how that was going on. I mean, it's just, you know, <laughs> technology. You know, how does it work? Yeah. It's magnets. Magnets and they give her a spine. It's really weird. I love the fact that the uh, arrogant guy is in the most feminine uh, mech when they're going to fight each other. <laughs> He's in like the, the pink one that kind of looks like it would be a cheerleader mech. So that's that's uh, satisfying to anyone who doesn't like him, which is everyone. Well, I mean, I, the, the girl likes him sort of, I guess. Or do they have a choice in who they can partner with? I don't think so. So there's a they have to do like a training mission and a hero can't pair up with zero two. He has to pair up with brunette girl with glasses. And yeah, they don't a, really explain that. Like, hey, I saw how you say the city, but like, let's not try that again. Yeah, we want a fair fight, I guess. Maybe because she's like an actual already been in the battle and this dude is still a trainee, I guess. Magical girl mech fight, because that's what we get next. Yeah, it it seemed like it was going to be really cool, but I thought this fight was pretty lame. The the, um, I can tell you that the fights do get better. Nice. But it's not like one of the best series ever for it. Yeah, (laughs) the series is carried by the doggy style. (laughs) Nice. I'm in. (laughs) If memory serves, it gets way more doggy style yelly. (laughs) Perfect. Like Dragon Ball Z has charging up your power. This one has girls screaming. <laughs> Vulnerable positions. And the guys in the back go. Aah! They try and pair up brunette girl and hero and it doesn't work. So they try and kiss. Still doesn't really work. The mech that they're in is kind of like on all fours again. Dumb dildo is saying, thanks for letting me prove I'm the best. By kicking somebody in a vulnerable position, you're the best. See this dead horse over here? I just <laughs> kicked it. I'm unstoppable. This guy's yeah. going to get his comeuppance very soon. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you've got to have, like, the frenemy antagonist or whatever. In terms of recommendations, I would recommend it to someone who, if you enjoy mech anime and don't mind or like fan service, then I'd, I'd recommend it to you. But not for anyone who's a newcomer or someone who just likes mainstream series. You know, yeah, Dragon is, Ball or whatever. This is not your first anime to pick up. <laughs> this is anime. Like when you get in the double digits, you can dabble in this one. But this is level 12 anime. <laughs> yeah. No, my only note on this one is um, doggy style, you know, for, for the robots. Yes. We have to fight the monsters quick. Bend over. <laughs> <laughs> I like this anime. I'm, I'm going to stick with it. Thanks for listening to the podcast. Yes, uh, please like, share, comment, you know, all that stuff. Subscribe, share it with a buddy who likes anime. 